0: and that he has no partners or associates and I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his slave servant and his messenger We would like to begin this evening where we left off a few weeks ago before we started our review and before the examination for the first half of the book of Salat there uh, are still remaining about an equal number of hadith in the book of Salat, 11 hadith are under the subtitles of As-Sufuf and Al-Imamah lining up for Salat and the, the, the role of Imam in the Salat after those hadith, the remaining hadith are all under the title of Sufut al salat or the description of the Salat how or the manner in which the Prophet alayhi wasallam sallam the prayers in detail uh, So we are, we have remaining with us three sub-chapters in the book of Salat As Sufouf, lining up for Salat, Al-Imamah the role of Imam in Salat and Sufah Salat, the description of the Salat of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi uh, Tonight we will start with hadith number 68 the hadith of انس ibn مالك ان انس ابن مالك رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم سو صفوفكم فان كثوية الصفوف من تمام الصلاة this hadith other hadith in uh Umdatul Ahkam has been recorded by Al-Bukhari and or al Imam Muslim. And we will continue to follow the brief explanation of Taysir Al Alam, the Sharh of Umdatul Ahkam, in which Sheikh Abdullah Ali Bassam Explain the general meaning of the hadith and then the rulings or judgments or benefits that are derived from it. In this hadith is reported that Anas ibn Malik radiallahu said that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Sawu fakum, Straighten or make straight your lines. Sawu fakum, Fa'inna tafweerfu sufu min tamam as For verily the straightening of the lines is actually an aspect of the completion or perfection of the Salat itself. and straightening the lines is an aspect of the completion or perfection of the Salat. So it is a very important aspect of the Salat. The Shaykh Abdullah Ali Barsam Hafidahullah says the general meaning of this hadith is that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam guided his Ummah to those things which were beneficial for their correction and for their success. So he in this particular case ordered the people to straighten and make even their rows, so that they would be like one line facing the tibla and also that they should close the spaces in that line that there should be no spaces between one person and whoever is on either his right or left side so that the shayateen would not find any way to play with the people in the salat closing the spaces in the line and straightening the rows is a way of preventing the shayateen from interfering with the people who are praying. Also the Prophet guided the people to other benefits which they would achieve by straightening the roads. And that is that the straightening of the roads is a sign of the completion and the perfection of salah. One of the benefits Of this instruction of the Prophet is that when we straighten our rows, we know that that's a sign of the completion or the perfection of our prayer. If the lines are not straight, that means our prayer is incomplete and it is imperfect. Of the ahkam or the rules or judgments or other benefits that we get from this hadith, the Shaykh mentions five. The first of them, that it is legislated in Islam to straighten the line in, in Salat. This is legislated in the Sharia, that we should straighten the lines. And it is by making the people line up evenly, so that there would be one line without anyone in front stepping forward a little or anyone behind stepping behind a little. But everyone should be even on one straight line. The second point, is that the straightening of the lines is a cause or a reason for the perfection of the khalat. And for this reason, it is mustahab, it is loved and commendable that we should straighten our lines. And this is the madhab or the position or opinion of the jamhur or majority of scholars that the straightening of the lines is mustahab it is something commendable, recommended, loved by Allah and it has also been said another opinion is that straightening of the lines is obligatory that it is wujub not mustahab but wujub, obligatory straightening of the lines is obligatory and their opinion is based on the hadith of the Prophet أَوْ لَا يُخَالِفَنَّ اللَّهَ بَيْنَ وُجُوهِكُمْ but either you will make your line straight or Allah will disfigure your faces. And some of the scholars said, as we come to the hadith, we will explain it in more detail. But some of the scholars said that the meaning here, it means وُجُوهَكُمْ means yourself. That the people that Allah will cause, if you refuse to straighten the lines. Allah will cause dissension and confusion and disorder amongst the people In any case, based on this hadith Where the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said That either you will straighten your land or Allah will cause disfigurance or confusion amongst the people then this is an indication that it is obligatory to straighten the lines. So there are two opinions concerning this matter. The opinion of the majority is that it's mustahab to straighten the lines. It is something commendable and loved by Allah. The third point the Sheikh says, the, that it is makroom for the lines to be straight, and that the lines being crooked is an indication of imperfection or a defect in the Salat The lines being crooked is an indication of a defect in the Salat so that this is something makruh. it is distasteful, detestable, or hated Number four The fourth point derived from this hadith is the superiority or the virtue of the Salat in congregation, salatul jama'ah, and that is because the reward which is achieved from straightening the roads is only achieved due to the fact that you are praying in jama'ah. I and mean, there is no straightening of roads if you are not praying in jama'ah. So the fact that straightening of the roads is a rewardable thing, but it is only caused by the. The fact of the people praying in jama'ah, this shows the virtue of praying in jama'ah. This is also an indication of the virtue of praying in jama'ah. I hope this point is clear. The fact that straightening the rose is loved by Allah. Whoever does it, they achieve a reward from Allah. But that reward is only achieved due to the fact that you are praying in jama'ah. If you were not praying in jama'ah, there would be no roads to straighten. So therefore this is an indirect indication of the virtue of praying in jama'ah That it gives you a chance to straighten the roles And due to straightening the roles you earn the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala The fifth point that the shaykh mentioned is that the hikmah or the wisdom of straightening the roles It is to be in agreement with the Malaika, the angels in straightening their roles and this is indicated in the hadith reported by al-imam muslim on the authority of Jabir radiallahu anhu ma He said خرج علينا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم That the messenger of Allah came out to us صلى الله عليه وسلم فقال ألا تصفكون كما تصف الملائكة عند ربها We need not make your lines straight as the angels make their lines straight in front of their Lord قلنا يا رسول الله كيف الملائكة عند ربها then we said O oh Messenger of Allah how do the angels make their lines straight how do they يعني, straighten themselves or line up in front of their Lord and the Prophet mentioned two things آل الأول ويتراسون It means that they complete the first row first, the way that the angels line up in front of Allah subhanahu wa Taala is that they complete the first row before starting another row. Not like we find today, sometimes the people want to line up in the second or third or last row, even though the first row is not complete, there are spaces left. But in fact, the way of the angels and the way that the Prophet ﷺ encouraged us to imitate is that the first line should be complete before the second line is started. And then the second line and so on. Because as we know from the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, that the first lines are the best lines for the men and that the last lines are the worst lines for the men. And that the last lines are the best lines for the, men, and the, lines the, lines for the women and the first lines are the worst lines for the women. Therefore, For the men the first line should be complete before second line Since the first line is the best and the last line is the worst And the second thing he said after completing the first line first That means that when they line up in any line They stand close to one another Without leaving any spaces in between them The next hadith is hadith number 69 The hadith النعمان بن بشير رضي الله عنه قال سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول that النعمان بن بشير رضي الله عنه he said I heard the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم saying لَتُسَوُّنَّ سُفُوكَكُمْ أَوْ لَا يُخَالِفَنَّ اللَّهَ بَيْنَ وُجُوهِكُمْ that you will either straighten your lines or Allah will cause disfigurance or will disfigure your faces or cause confusion and disruption and dissension amongst you. Then either you will line up straight as Allah has ordered you to do or the result of your disobedience in this matter or neglect in the matter is that Allah will cause disfigurance in your faces or Allah will cause dissension amongst you as some of the scholars interpret it. This hadith is متفق عليه in Al-Bukhari and Muslim and in a narration that was narrated by Muslim alone and not reported by Al-Bukhari is said that Al-Nu'ma ibn Bashir reported كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يسوي, يسوي That the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم regularly and consistently used to straighten our roles until it was as though he was trying to straighten an arrow by the straightness of the line. Yeah, and it was as though he was trying to make the line so perfectly straight as though he was going to use the straightness of that line to make the arrow straight. The arrow that they carved from wood and they try to make it straight and they go to the extreme in trying to make it straight. It was, though, it was as though the Prophet wanted to make the line in the Salat as straight as one makes The arrows when they carved them from wood. As though he was going to use that line to measure the straightness of the arrow. The Prophet ﷺ used to do so. حَتَّى رَأَى أَنَّ قَدْ عَقَلْنَّا عَنْهُ ثُمَّ قَرَجَ يَوْمًا فَقَامَ حَتَّى كَادَ أَنْ يُكَبِّرُ فَرَأَى رَجُلًا بَاديًا صدرهُ the Prophet sallallahu used to do so, straightening the lines, taking care to straighten the lines of the people in the prayer, until one day he understood or he saw that they understood what he wanted of them, yani of the importance of straightening the rows. Then he didn't find any need to, yani personally straighten the rows as he used to do. But one day he came out, and he was about to make takbir. He was about to start the prayer. He was about to say Allahu Akbar. And he noticed that one man had his chest protruding from the line, sticking out, in front of the other people. The Prophet وسلم, when he noticed this, he said, "Abba Allah, la la Allah Then he made this statement as reported in Al-Bukhari, and Muslim both of them that either you will make your lines straight or Allah will disfigure your faces or cause confusion or dissension amongst you The general meaning of this hadith, the Shaykh says In this hadith there is a severe or stern warning for those who do not make the lines in the prayer straight There is a stern warning the Prophet made it clear that if they didn't make the line straight and even, then Allah would punish them for the crookedness of their lines by causing crookedness or some disfigurement in their faces or in their persons. Here the Shaykh explains perhaps. And yeah, I mean the understanding of this expression is that when any one of the people protrudes or stands out in the line in front of the others then those who are behind might understand that this person is uh, doing so out of pride or arrogance wanting to be in front of the other people instead of standing in the line equally with everyone else And that person who sees someone committing such an act could react to them by feeling anger or distaste for what they saw of the pride or arrogance of such a person. And this is what leads to difference amongst the people and dissension and distance of the hearts of one from another. And this leads to dissension and disagreement and separation. It causes the people to cut off relations and to separate from one another. In that case, the objective of the Jama'ah is lost. The objective of praying in Jama'ah is to unite the people, to bring them together in brotherhood and love. And that objective is defeated by someone who violates the rules and steps out from the straightening of the lines Then he said that the reason for this result is based on the general principle Al jaza'u min jins al amal Al jaza' the reward is in like it is similar to the deed the reward that someone receives from their actions should be like the deed they did this is similar to the saying of Allah in the Qur'an هَلْ جَزَاءَ الْإِحْسَانِ إِلَّا الْإِحْسَانِ Is there any reward for ihsan, for goodness? Except that the reward will be goodness yani The reward should be equal or similar to the deed And so also those who make ikhtilaf or difference In the lines, in the roles of the khalat The reward for that is that Allah will cause ikhtilaf and difference amongst them The Prophet ﷺ <coughs> used to teach his companions by words and he used to correct them by his actions so he continued straightening their lines physically moving the people and guiding them and directing them to make the lines straight until he saw that they knew and they understood what he wanted from them. Then one day he saw someone standing in the line protruding or sticking out, not standing straight in the line with the rest of the people the Prophet was upset with this and then he made this statement that either you will make the line straight or Allah will cause dissension or disfiguring of your faces. From this hadith Shaykh Abdullah mentions five Ahkam five rules. The first of them is that the apparent meaning of this hadith, I mean from the surface meaning of the hadith you could understand that straightening of the rules is wajib, obligatory, from the stern warning for those who don't do it. Why would there be such a stern punishment except that the thing which is requested is obligatory. That it is obligatory to straighten the lines, and that it is prohibitive. To make the lines straight due to this severe threat from the Prophet. ﷺ. But there are other authentic hadith which seem to reduce the severity of this action and which seem to transfer the ruling of straightening the lines from the uh, position of wujub, or being obligatory to the position of mustahab, or being beloved or commendable or recommended. Yani that it is mustahab to straighten the lines, and that it is makroob to make the lines crooked. This is understood from the hadith in which the Prophet wasallam said, إِنَّ al Yani the straightening of the lines is an aspect of completion or perfection of the salat. It doesn't mean that the salat is invalid without it, but it means that it's reduced. Its completeness or its perfection is reduced. From this, you can understand that straightening of the lines is commendable, it's highly recommended in order to make the prayers perfect. But if you didn't do it, the prayers would be i.e incomplete or not perfect, but not invalid the third or the second point and here we are two opinions the apparent meaning of the hadith is the straining of the lines is obligatory but the more correct meaning in the opinion of the majority of scholars is that it's not wajib but that it's mustahab that is when we combine the two hadith together then we might understand that it is ja'ani mustahab meaning the mustahab as we said many times is that which Allah ordered us to do but if anyone didn't do it there is no sin against them if they did it they would be rewarded for doing it this is the meaning of mustahab as opposed to that which is wajib not only are you rewarded for doing it but if you didn't do it there is a sin against you the second ruling that the shaykh or the point that he takes from this hadith is the attention and care and concern that the Prophet showed in straightening the lines. He used to take the responsibility himself to straighten the lines by his own hands. And in the Prophet ﷺ, he himself used to straighten the lines. He used to walk down the line and make sure that the lines were straight. And this indicates that the straightening of the lines is the responsibility of the Imam. The straightening of the lands is the responsibility of the Imam. <coughs> the third point that the Shaykh takes from this hadith is the general principle Ann al Jazaah Minjin al that the reward for something is like the action itself, and yani it is similar. Or of the same category or class as the deed that one does, the reward should be like it. Since the Prophet threatened those who disfigured the lions with the disfigurement of their faces. Al Jazaa min Jins al Amal. The reward is like the action or deed that one does. The fourth point that the Shaykh mentions here is the anger of the Prophet ﷺ for those who didn't make the lines straight. And that means that we should be warned and cautioned from taking lightly the straightening of the lines. And the fifth point the Shaykh mentions is the permissibility that it is yajud, Jawaz. Kalam al Iman, Imam, that it is permissible for the Imam to speak in that time between the iqama and the Salat, if there is a need for it. I mean, some people said that when the iqama is called, you cannot speak. But in fact, it is permissible for the Imam to speak once the iqama has been pronounced and before the Salat, if there is a need for such, as the Prophet ﷺ did on this occasion after the iqamah was pronounced and he was about to make the takbir he was about to start the salat and he noticed someone's chest sticking out and he said what he said in order to remind the people and to caution them from such action so the permissibility of the imam speaking between the iqamah and the actual beginning of the salat if there is a need for such the next hadith is hadith number 70 عن انس ابن مالك رضي الله عنه ان جدته مليكه رضي الله عنها دعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لتعامل صنعته له فاكل منه ثم قام وانس بن مالك رضي الله عنه said that his grandmother but actually not the grandmother of Anas it is the mother of Anis, But the expression grandmother here is used in reference to the narrator Ishaq Ibn Abdullah, Ibn Abi Talha who narrates the hadith of Anis. He was a relative of Anis, and the mother of Anis was his grandmother. The mother of Anis was Ishaq's grandmother. And Ishaq narrated from Anis, anna jaddatuhu that his grandmother meaning the grandmother of Ishaq. Because actually Umm Sulaim Mulaika, Malaika, she was the mother of Anas So here the meaning of his grandmother doesn't refer to Anas But it refers to the narrator from Anas Ishaq ibn Abdullah, Abi Talha That his grandmother, Mulaika, Radiyallahu anha Invited the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu To have some food Which she herself had prepared for him So the Prophet Sallallahu Ate from that food Then he said Stand up, I shall pray with you or I shall lead you in prayer He was speaking to the two boys who were present that is Anis and an orphan who was also present with Anis on that occasion He said to them Stand and I shall lead you in prayer Anis said إِلَى لَنَا قَدْ إِسْوَدَّ مِنْ طُولِ مَا لبسى or Lubisa. and some of the narrations said Lubisa in Bukhari the narration said lubisah فَنَدَحْتُهُ بِمَاءٍ and it said at that time when the Prophet ﷺ told him the Sabbath's prayer he said I went to a Hafir, a mat that we had in the house which had been blackened due to the long uh, time that it was sitting there or due to its use that, one of the wordings of the hadith said, means the long time it was sitting there, and in the narration of Bukhari said, means that how much it was يعني, used, it was worn from youth In any case, he said, and then I sprinkled water over it, الله الله and then the Prophet stood up. <coughs> <coughs> وَسَخَفْتُ أَنَا وَالْيَتِينَ وَرَاءَهُ وَالْعَجُوزَ مِنْ وَرَائِنَا فَصَلَّى لَنَا رَكَاتَيْنِ ثُمَّ انْصَرَفَ After the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم stood up, he said that I lined up with the orphan. Anas, who was a young boy at that time, he lined up with this orphan. He said, we lined up, we made a line behind the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم. وَصَفْتُ أَنَا وَالْيَتِينَ Me and the orphan boy we lined up behind him وَالْعَجُوزْ مِنْ ورائنا And the elderly lady and his mother She lined up behind them Behind the boys Then the Prophet prayed two rakah And then he left In the narration of Muslim Exclusively the narration that Muslim alone narrated He said that the Messenger of Allah بِهِ وَبِأُمِّهِ فَأَقَامَنِي وَأَقَامَ أَلْمَرْأَةَ خَلْفَهُ That the Messenger of Allah وسلم, led us in the prayer He and his mother, he led them in prayer And he caused me to stand on his right hand And the woman was standing behind them And in the narration of Al-Bukhari it says that from Anas الله أنا ويتيم في بيتنا خلف النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم That I and, and often prayed in our house Behind the Prophet And my mother أم سليم was behind us يعني the Prophet was leading the prayer The first row behind them was the boys and the next role was the woman from this hadith the general meaning of this hadith first he says the general meaning of this hadith that Mulayka radiallahu anha she invited the Messenger of Allah وسلم, to some food which he had prepared and the Prophet وسلم, due to his high standard of morals and good character uh, yeah, I mean he responded to that invitation and one of those aspects of his character was humility and humbleness Even though he was the messenger of Allah وسلم, he was humble And it was part of his noble and lofty character In spite of his high position That he used to answer the invitation of the older person or the younger person The adult or child The male or female, the rich or the poor He used to answer the invitation of whoever invited him and he intended by this to achieve some lofty goals and to fulfill those high intentions of softening the hearts of the people and humbling himself in front of the poor not being proud in front of the poor or the weak teaching those who were ignorant and other such praiseworthy objectives. Then after responding to the invitation and taking some of the food that was offered to him, he took the opportunity to teach those young boys who perhaps didn't have the chance to sit with the older people in their sitting places and he ordered them to stand so that he might lead them in prayer with the intention that he would teach them the manner of salat At that time Anas radiallahu anhu went to the old mat which was in his house and which had turned black from being used or from sitting for a long time he washed it with water and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa prayed on that mat Then he says that Anas Radi Anhu and the young orphan they made a line together behind the Prophet وسلم, and the woman who had invited the Prophet made a line behind the two boys and prayed with them. The Prophet performed two rakah and then he left them after he fulfilled the obligations of accepting the invitation and teaching those who he taught the salat and then the shaykh says that may Allah bless us with the success in following the Prophet in his actions and in his character that we should learn from the behavior of the Prophet Sallallahu we should follow him in his actions and we should also imitate him in his character from this hadith uh, or before mentioning the ahkam from the hadith the shaykh mentions eight points which may be derived from this hadith but before there is a point of ikhtilaf or point of difference of opinion amongst the scholars this is a point of ikhtilaf the majority of scholars held the opinion that it is correct to make a line with a small child a child that didn't reach the age of puberty that a soft or a line with a small child in both types of prayer the thought prayer as well as national prayer that it is permissible and it is correct to make a line with a small young child who didn't reach puberty that that line is correct in both types of prayer And they used this authentic hadith as a proof since Anas made a line with his companion the Yateen, the orphan. And Yateen, in Arabic language, technically it means the child whose father has passed and that child did not reach puberty. If anyone's father passed after puberty, they are not considered yatim in Islam. Yatim often in Islam, it means the child whose parent died while they were below the age of puberty. So here this is an indication that at least one of them was a small child below the age of puberty and Anas made a line with him and that line was correct and acceptable in the presence of the Prophet This is the opinion of the Jamhur or majority of scholars that the both types of salat, whether fard or nafila, uh is acceptable, it is acceptable in both types of salat, to make a line with a small child uh, and yani, obviously the nafila or voluntary prayer uh, it's permissible, as this was a nafila prayer, it wasn't an obligatory prayer and perhaps you may wonder why did they say that both types of prayer are permissible to line up with an orphan since this was not an obligatory prayer and they said <coughs> because it is generally accepted in fiqh that the ahkam or the rules and regulations as we mentioned in the beginning of the chapter of Salat the rules and regulations or ahkam for the obligatory prayers are the same for the voluntary prayers are the same for the sunnah prayers for the nafila prayers except if there is a specific evidence that a particular haqm is specifically for one of them to the exclusion of the other. otherwise the haqm or the ahkam for prayer are applicable to all types of prayer okay if there is a hukam that's exclusive then there has to be a delil showing that it is exclusively for the obligatory prayers or exclusively for voluntary prayers or so on as in the case of the hukam that is permissible to make salat on your riding animal or in your vehicle it's permissible to make salat in a vehicle sitting without making sajda and without making jalsa, but just sitting in the prayer and making the sign for Ruku and Sajda by the bowing of the head this is a hukm or ruling exclusively for which prayers? voluntary prayers it's not allowed in obligatory prayers the proof of that is the hadith otherwise the ahkam for salat are general for all types of salat so they said then if this hukm was applicable in the voluntary prayer that it's allowed to line up with a small boy and make a soft or a line with him if it is allowed in the voluntary prayers it's also allowed in the obligatory prayers unless there is a proof showing otherwise and there is no such proof so they took this position the majority of scholars and the second opinion is the opinion of the or the madhab uh, of Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal that it is correct to make a line with a small boy in the nafil or voluntary prayers only and that it's not acceptable or correct to do so in the obligatory prayers. They also use this hadith as a proof but they said that this hadith was a natural prayer and it's only applicable to natural prayers but the general rule is that as we said the rulings for salat are general for all types of salat unless there's a specific uh, proof showing otherwise. <laughs> This opinion, the opinion of the majority of scholars, that it is permissible in voluntary as well as obligatory prayers, is the correct opinion. And it has also been mentioned by some of the scholars of the Hanbali Madhab, such as Ibn Aqeel, who is a Hanbali scholar, and Ibn Rajab also, Rahimahumullah. As for the ahkam or rulings from this hadith, Sheikh Abdullah, Hafirullah, mentions the first of them is the correctness of making a line with a child who hasn't reached puberty since the yatim or the orphan mentioned in this hadith uh, since he was a small child which is understood from the terminology used and often, as we said already means a child whose father has died before he reached puberty number two that it is afdal or preferable preferable for the one who is following the imam that they should stand behind the Imam. is following the Imam should stand behind the Imam. The place of those who follow the Imam is behind him. And that the place of the women in the congregational prayer is behind the men, behind the males. Also from this hadith you can understand that it is permissible for a woman who is alone to make a line by herself and if there is no need for there to be two or three or four, if a woman is alone in the congregational prayer she can make a line alone. Normally no one should stand in a line alone. If anyone was praying with the Imam and there were no other people following the Imam, that person should stand in line with the Imam, not behind the Imam. But as long as there are two people, they will make a line behind the Imam. If there are one, they will stand with the Imam on his right side. As for the woman, if she prays in the congregational prayer, she may make a line alone as a single person. It is permissible for the women, and that's proven in this hadith since Mulaika radiallahu anha, she prayed in the congregational prayer with the Prophet on that occasion, and she was the only woman, she made a line by herself. But if there was more than one woman, then it is obligatory for them to make a line together. They should not stand separately but they should make a line as the rest of the Muslims line up in the Surah. The next point that is derived from this Hadith is the permissibility of praying the Nawasil or voluntary prayers in a group, praying together. You can pray in congregation even though it hasn't been specifically legislated. Since the Prophet didn't make it a regular habit. And yani it wasn't his regular habit. It wasn't something that he did consistently or constantly or regularly. But he did it on that occasion. That means it's permissible. If anyone wanted to pray a voluntary prayer, and there were two or three people, or four or five, or ten, or any number, it's permissible for them to join together, make one of them the imam and pray in congregation. Of course, that's something that should be done regularly since the Prophet didn't make it a habit. But it is permissible. Some people think that you cannot pray a voluntary prayer in congregation, but contrary to that, this hadith shows that it is
1: permissible.
0: Also from this hadith, it shows that it is permissible for someone to make salat with the intention of teaching the manner of performing salat. And this was also recorded in the, in the Hadith of Al-Bukhari where one of the Sahaba
1: <coughs>
0: came to some people and told them that he was going to show them how the Prophet Sallallahu made Salat. And he stood in front of them and performed the Salat with the intention of teaching them how was the prayer of the Prophet Sallallahu just as in this occasion the Prophet Sallallahu was teaching those boys how to perform the Salat. And likewise, if there's any other beneficial or religious reason for doing so, someone may perform the Salat with that intention even though it may not be time for Salat or otherwise, and if for some purpose, some yeah, any religious or beneficial purpose. Also from this Hadith we understand the humility or humbleness of the Prophet ﷺ and his yeah, noble character who's responding to the invitation of this woman and <coughs> not ta'ani uh, disregarding that invitation as many of the influential or rich or powerful people such as rulers and otherwise would do if an ordinary person invited them. And finally from this hadith we understand that it is mustahab to accept the invitation of anyone who invites you, especially if the response to that invitation and responding to that invitation you may uh, achieve some noble purpose of causing any peace or happiness or joy in the hearts of the Muslims or any other beneficial objective uh, yani if anyone invites you, then it is mustahab, it is commendable, recommended, preferable, it is beloved that you should respond. That is in ordinary occasions of invitation, not so in the case of Walima, the invitation to the marriage celebration. In that case, if you are invited to a marriage celebration, it is obligatory to respond.
1: <coughs>
0: this is the end of what the Shaykh mentions concerning this hadith Insha'Allah uh, we will uh, take one final, one final hadith The hadith, uh, hadith number 71 The hadith of Abdullah ibn Abbas أنهما, May Allah be pleased with him and his father He said, Bittu inda maymuna That I spent the night once with my aunt my mother's sister my mother's sister the cousin of the Prophet Ibn Abbas his father Al Abbas was the Prophet's uncle and Naimuna the Prophet's wife was Ibn Abbas aunt his sister's mother so you can see the relations between them (laughs) they are closely related and as we know in Islam it is permissible for a Muslim to marry their cousin is permissible. Not like in the Western society. He said, I spent the night with my aunt, Maymuna and sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then the Prophet stood up to perform the night prayer. He stood up in the night to pray. Then I stood up to pray along with him. Then I stood on his left side And when Ibn Abbas, he was a young boy he said when he stood up to pray with the Prophet ﷺ, not knowing the proper procedures he just stood on the left side of the Prophet فَأَخَذَ Then he took me by my head and pulled me onto and he pulled Ibn Abbas around to his right side Rabi Allah Sallallahu alayhi sallam. The Shaykh he says the general meaning of this hadith that the noble companion of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi sallam, Hibratul Umma, the scholar of this Ummah, Ibn Abbas, Rabi Allah alaihuma, Targuman alQuran, the one who understood the Quran. He was one who was very eager to seek knowledge and to implement it Ibn Abbas he was eager in seeking knowledge and also in implementing it it led him on that occasion when he spent the night with his aunt the wife of the Prophet to come across that occasion, while the Prophet was getting up in the night to pray to Hajj, so when the Prophet stood up in the night to pray, Ibn Abbas stood up to pray with him. He stood on his left side, following to stand and follow the Prophet. But since the right, he stood on the left side of the Prophet, since the right is more honorable and noble it is the proper position of one who is following the the Imam if he is alone with the Imam with no other one following uh, that he should stand on the right side the Prophet took him by his head and moved him over to his right side before mentioning the Ahkam or the rules or regulations from this hadith and the shaykh mentioned eight of them there is also a point of ikhtilaf here between the Jamhur majority of scholars and the Hanabila or the scholars of the Madhab of Imam Ahmed rahimahullah it is the well known position of the Madhab med- of Imam Ahmed that the salat of one following an imam is not correct if that person is standing on the left side of the Imam while the right side of the Imam is free and if there is no one on the right side or no nothing on the right side of the Imam preventing the one who is praying with the Imam from standing on his right and that person stands on the left in spite of the fact that it is possible for them to stand on the right then their prayer is defective the majority of scholars the Jumho and that includes Imam Abu Hanifa, Imam Malik, and Imam Shafi'i, Allah, May Allah bless them. All of them, and they said that the salat is correct, even if the space on the right of the Imam was free, even if it was free. And there has also been reported in one narration from Imam Ahmed that he agreed with this opinion also, that the prayer is correct. And some of the Scholars from the Hanbali madhab also chose this second opinion of Imam Ahmed, which is the opinion of the Jamhoor, and it is the correct opinion. Uh, they used as a proof this hadith, and the indication in this hadith is very clear. If you will just examine it, it is because of the fact that Ibn Abbas prayed. On the left side of the Prophet. ﷺ. And the Prophet, ﷺ, when he corrected him by moving him to the right side, he didn't mention, nor did he declare or give any suggestion or indication that the part of the prayer which Ibn Abbas prayed in the wrong position was invalid. But he continued in the prayer as though the first part of the prayer as well as the second part of the prayer in the correct position were both accepted and this is similar to the hadith of the people of Kuba, who prayed towards Jerusalem part of their Fajr prayer until they were corrected and they were told that the Qibla had been changed they turned their backs to Jerusalem and prayed towards the Kaaba they continued in their prayer the first part of the prayer being correct as well as the second part so also in this case it was the same situation with Ibn Abbas, that the first part of his prayer was correct as well as the second part, uh, even though he prayed in the less preferable position. This is the opinion of the majority of scholars. Although they are in total agreement that praying on the right of the Imam is more preferable but they said, if anyone prayed on the left, then the prayer is not invalid from this hadith, the shaykh mentions, as I said, eight points eight points of ikhtilaf, or eight points of eight rulings or judgments or benefits the first of them, that it is aqdal or preferable for the follower to stand on the right of the imam if he is only one follower if there is no one else following the Imam along with him. Second, that it is correct for the follower to stand on the left side of the Imam even though his right side is free. It is correct and it is acceptable, although it is less preferable and less proper since the Prophet didn't invalidate the Salat of Ibn Abbas in the beginning of his prayer when he prayed on the left side. The third point is that the follower, if they are alone, the follower who is alone, if they stand on the left side of the Imam and then were instructed to move to the right side, that they should not walk in front of the Imam but they should come behind the Imam. And in fact this point has been narrated in another hadith authentic hadith indicating that the way or the, the manner to move from the left to the right is behind the Imam and not in front of him. The next point is that if anyone does something during the Salat, which is necessary to correct the Salat, then that movement or that action does not harm the Salat. There is no harm in any action or any movement that is done for the correction or improvement of the Salat. Though normally there shouldn't be any movement in the Salat except the movement that is part of the Salat itself but if it is for the correctness of the Salat as it was in the case of moving Ibn Abbas from the left side to the right side and the same it was the case from the people of Kuba turning backwards from Asham to the from Syria or Jerusalem turning to the Kaaba in that case such movement or action which is necessary for the correction of the Salat there is no harm in that movement and also from this hadith it is acceptable to make a line with a child alone, along with an adult. a child may line up with an adult and perform the prayer together. As Ibn Abbaat did with the Prophet Number six. That it is legislated. Yani salat allayl or tahajjid is legislated in the sharia and that it is mustahab it is legislated from this hadith the Prophet ﷺ in the night to pray the night prayer or prayer, kahajid and therefore we, we say that in the sharia praying in the night is legislated and in fact it is a commendable or recommended or mustahab beloved action also from this hadith we came to know the Ijtihad or the great effort of Ibn Abbad radiallahu anhuma and his eagerness and concern for seeking knowledge and implementing it. Not only was Ibn Abbas the Hibr of this Ummah, the scholar of this Ummah and the turjuman of the Quran, the one who understood the Quran, Tafsir of the Quran as it was taught to him by the Prophet but also he was not only seeking knowledge but he was one known for implementing the knowledge. So he didn't just watch the Prophet and get up in the night and pray so that he can report it to others but he joined him in the prayer in order to implement that which he was learning. And this is also a lesson for us uh, from this young boy that whatever we learn we should learn it with the intention of practicing it. And finally the last point of the shaykh or point number eight from this hadith we understand that it is not a shot. it is not a condition for the correctness of the imama it is not a shart or a precondition that the imam should make intention before entering the salat that he is imam it is not a precondition that the one who leads people in prayer has to have the intention that he is the imam before the prayer perhaps we may go to the masjid we hope not but if it should happen that you should go to the masjid and you didn't find anyone there except you. It can happen in this little masjid here. You may come for us and no one will be there. When you came there is no one there. So you intend to pray. You don't intend to be the Imam. You just intend to pray. While you are praying someone may come in and join you. Then you became the Imam. Your Imam is correct even though when you entered the prayer you didn't have intention to be Imam. And this is proven by the fact that the Prophet Salatim intended to pray alone. And then Ibn Abbas afterwards joined him when he saw him and the Prophet Salatim became the Imam. That means the intention for the Imam is not a condition that he intends to be Imam before he enters the Salah. But if anyone joined you at that time, you may change your intention that you are meaning that person or those people if there are a number of people in the Salat. This is the end of what the Shaykh said here. This is the last hadith of Bab of for sufuf or lining up for the prayers and there are many other hadith concerning lining up for the prayers uh, these are just a few of them as we said on many occasions, this book is the Mukhtasa or a summary of some of the important hadith of Ahkam or rules and regulations uh, concerning Islamic rules and uh, the next bab which um, we could not uh, start tonight is the bab of al-imama the imamship or the one who leads the people in prayer and in this bad inshallah we will uh, concern ourselves with the rules and regulations uh, and guidelines for the imam and things related to such. Inshallah we will cover this in the next lecture. Uh, if there are any comments or any questions or corrections we will take them now. سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك شدوان لا إلا أنت the, the, side, to alone, uh, mind, the first one. From this last
2: hadith? Yeah. yeah.
0: From the last hadith, uh,
2: There
0: are eight No The last, uh, uh, the second, which point is that? Okay, the first uh, point that the Sheikh mentions here that it is preferable for the follower to stand on the right side of the Imam if that follower is one, alone, there are no other followers The second one is that it is correct for the follower to even stand on the left side of the Imam, though the right side may be free. It's correct. Yani, although we shouldn't do it without there being some need to do so. Ibn bad he did it because he didn't know. Perhaps someone may stand on the left side because there is no space on the right side. It might happen, and some of the scholars said it is permissible. That you may come to the Salat and the masjid is full. Maybe it's a small masjid like our little masjid here or other masjids that you know of. It may be full and there's no place to pray. If a person entered the masjid in that case and the only place they could find was on the side of the Imam, they may pray on the side of the Imam. Okay. If another person came, they may pray on the other side of the Imam. And there's a difference of opinion concerning this, but some of the scholars said so. And the If there is space to do so, but perhaps there is no space, the wall is in front of him, there is no place for him to go. (laughs) If anyone came to the masjid and there is space, for example the Imam, the person is standing praying alone, for example. uh, Then some people came, two or three or four, they should line up behind that person. Perhaps depending on the situation, they might move the imam or if there was already someone with the imam, they may push the imam forward so that they may line up with the person with the imam or they may pull that person back to line up with them. Yani whatever is the easiest thing to do and less disturbing in the salah and
2: Allah knows best. No. Uh, during the <coughs> to no. <laughs> Yeah, we can that. When we
0: line up, when we line up for the salat it is mustahab, at least that part of the lining up of the salat is making the line straight and closing the ranks. The people in the line, in one line should stand close to each other. It is reported in the authentic hadith in Al-Bukhari that the, that the Prophet ﷺ that when he used to line the people up for, up for the salat, he said, sufufakum, fa inni min warai. Make your line straight, for verily I see you from behind me. He said, I see you who are behind me, I see the lines. How do we understand that? But it is easy for Allah. Yeah, and he, he does whatever He wills. He can make the Prophet to see the lines behind him without looking behind him. In that hadith, the of the hadith said, so we used to, the sahaba, he said we used to, when the Prophet told us that, so we used to make our shoulder next to the shoulder of who was beside us, and our foot next to the foot of the one who was beside us. كبه كبه that means that our shoulders as well as our feet should be next to each other. If it happened, as it commonly does all over the world, especially in certain places or with certain people (laughs) that they don't want to stand close to you it's not proper that you should spread your feet so wide that perhaps you are not even standing up properly uh, because it's not legislated to do so first of all and also because it takes from al khushua in the salat when you are in the salat and you are standing in such a way you are not able to concentrate and relax properly to perform the prayer properly but what is more proper is that you should concentrate on the person who is closer to the Imam than you. What do I mean by that? That you should move, if you are on the right of the Imam, you should move to the person on your left. And if you are on the left of the Imam, you should move to the person on your right, the one who is closer than you to the Imam, to close the line. As for the person who is on your other side, if they refuse to line up with you, don't worry about them. You cannot bring everyone together. But at least one person, if you can close the line to that side, this, the line starts from behind the Imam, from the middle. So that you should correct the line from the middle. As for those going to the end, if they separate from you, then they are responsible for such. It's not really possible with such people to really close the line. Because even if you spread your legs, no matter how far you spread them, they will keep moving further and further away. But the one who is closer to the Imam cannot move away because he is moving into the person next to him. Yani the one who is closer to, to the Imam cannot escape from you. But the one who is on the end of the line may move further and further until he goes out of the mask So at least the one who is closer to the Imam you should move close to them. If everyone from the middle of the line lines up as such then they will be able to at least close part of the line if not all of it. And Allah knows best. No, there, uh, it happened.
2: The people standing alone. Maybe you mean for be standing alone.
0: No. They say that the uh, stand to pray alone. Pray. No. Also, it happened. It's authentically reported that a man came and he and he didn't find a place in the line. He prayed in the line by himself alone. And when the Prophet noticed that, he told him to repeat the prayer. From this, some of the scholars said that the prayer of the person who prays alone in a line by themselves, this is not for women. Because for women it's only proven that it's permissible if a woman is alone to pray in a line alone. If there is no one else there, or if there is no space. For the women is different. But if there are other people there they should make a line for the women. (laughs) If a man came to the masjid and there was no space, Then the scholars differ about this. Some of them said that they should force themselves into the line. They should move the people a little bit until they can squeeze in, which usually is very possible because most of the people don't stand close anyway. There's usually enough space for three or four or five more people to fit in the line because they never close the line. So they should squeeze into the line. Some of the scholars said that you may pull someone from the last line back to stand with you to make a line but you should not stand alone in the line some scholars said that if there is no way for you to make a line with anyone else that you are doing it out of necessity some of them said that there is no harm in such but really it seems as though the more correct opinion is that you are responsible. You should not play at a line alone. Either you should squeeze into the line in front of you or pull someone behind you. Some of the scholars said, no, don't pull anyone behind you because the the front line is preferable and more rewardable than the back line. If you pull someone to a a rear line from a a, a front line, then that means you have taken them from a preferable, more rewardable position to a less preferable and less rewardable position and you have no right to do so. In any case, if you pull someone behind to make a line, inshallah, it is acceptable. What is better than that though, is to squeeze into the land if it is possible. And usually it is possible.
2: It should be?
1: I don't
0: know but maybe but there is some hadith I don't remember the text of the hadith but the meaning of it the prophet ﷺ encouraged that people should be layin I think he said layin ulukukum or something like this but I don't remember the exact wording the meaning of the hadith as the scholars explained it it means be easy don't be rough in the lines and part of, and part of what may be understood from that is that if someone tries to get in the line let them in some people if you try to squeeze in the line they stand firm like a, like a rock and they won't let they won't move and they won't let you in. This is wrong. Is there uh, Abdul Basir? No. if there are
2: women
0: there's only one man with the Imam and there are other people praying but they are women, not men, then he should stand with the Imam. He should stand with the Imam. Right. The man, he should not make a line alone. There is no need to do so. The Imam is there. He can line up with the Imam. He can line up with the Imam. There is no need for him to stand alone.
2: and uh, we wait for another person to
0: come in? We shouldn't wait for another person to come in. We shouldn't wait for another person to come in. Although some people say so.
1: Uh,
0: because there is no guarantee that other people are coming in. And you don't have a guarantee that other people are going to come. That's like the person who waits to perform the congregational prayer, waiting for other people who are also coming late like him. But there's no guarantee of such. Perhaps they will come. One man, we went to a mansion recently, we were together, and that man entered the mansion ahead of us. There was an opening in the line. But the person in that line, yeah, and he looked like somebody who was working outside, their clothing wasn't yeah, and he looking good. He didn't want to stand next to that man, so he made another line. After the Salat, when one of the brothers asked him, why did you do so? He said, oh I knew you brothers were coming behind me. He said, but there was a space in the line." He didn't answer. Don't expect that people are going to come, although he knew that we were coming, because we all had went out together to the master, he knew that we were coming, so his line was, I knew you were coming behind me, but not necessarily so. In any case, we don't know. The best thing, rather than to expect or hope that someone will come, especially if if the correct opinion is that the khalat of a person in and in the man in a line alone is not accepted If that is the correct opinion If it was the correct opinion then we should not pray alone We should, I mean, there is a possibility that that may be the correct opinion If that is the correct opinion and really it is the strongest opinion in terms of the literal meaning of the hadith The Prophet saw a person praying along a line told to repeat the prayer That means his prayer was unacceptable then we shouldn't pray alone expecting that someone will come but what is better is that especially since the people do not complete the line, they do not close the space in the line. it's very very simple brother to get into a line yeah, that's complete in this day and time because there are too many spaces in the lines easily enter let me just answer the question of the sisters. we took about four questions from the brothers uh, before we go As-salamu alaykum Uh, since the Prophet corrected Ibn Abbas, how can they say that it is correct to stand on the left? Did he correct what was already correct? Well no, he didn't correct what was already correct. But uh, the opinion of those scholars who said that it is permissible, meaning that the salat is not invalid if someone prays on the left side. Their opinion is that it is preferable. It is preferable to stand on the right side. But if someone, for some reason, stood on the left side, it doesn't invalidate the salat. What is the basis of their opinion? The basis of their opinion is that the Prophet ﷺ he didn't invalidate the Salat of Ibn Abbas or that portion of the Salat that he prayed on the left side. And yani if it was invalid to pray on the left side, then Ibn Abbas began the prayer on the left side. Part of the Salat that he prayed on the left side was the takbiratul Ihram. And the takbiratul Ihram is a Ruql of the Salat. Without it the Salat is invalid. If that takbiratul Ihram on the left side was invalid, then his whole prayer was invalid because there is no indication that he made tahbir to ihram again. But he just moved from the left side to the right side. Which means that the first part of his prayer including the tahbir to ihram was correct. It was acceptable. It was not invalid. Therefore, based on this fact that the Prophet didn't invalidate the Salat of Ibn Abbas, it proves that though it's preferable to pray on the right side, Praying on the left side does not invalidate the salat, and that's clear, inshallah, from the text of this hadith. Left. No. Uh, the person who
2: was invited from the congregation, no, he was praying alone. Uh, how is he going to pray? Going to pray alone. allahu <laughs> Island.
0: But in any case, we know, we know that there are some occasion in which it did happen that some people came someone came to the presence of the Prophet Sallallahu after the prayer had been performed and uh, started to pray alone they missed the congregation of prayer and the Prophet ﷺ didn't leave that man even though he missed the congregation of prayer he didn't leave him to pray alone he did not leave him to pray alone but he said من بأخيه أو أخيكم أو كما قال رسول صلى who will give charity to your brother يعني who will go and pray with him so that he is not left to pray alone so we can understand from this that the Prophet wouldn't leave someone to pray alone.
2: So we can pray again. From
0: this hadith, it's permissible. It's clear, it's clearly permissible, that if anyone prayed the congregational prayer, it's permissible for them to pray again with someone else who didn't perform the prayer, but with the intention that the prayer that they are praying this time is voluntary is voluntary. It was a different intention. And this also is one of the proofs of the scholars who said that a person may pray behind an imam with a different intention. the imam has intention of the fark prayer. And the one who was following him had intention of nafil prayer. And on that occasion, that person had prayed with the Prophet obviously it was his intention when he prayed with the Prophet to pray the obligatory prayer when he prayed with that person he prayed with intention of voluntary prayer which means that some of the scholars said that it's permissible for the Imam to have intention different than the one who was following him and this is also proven in the hadith of one of the companions of the Prophet who was the Imam of his people he was the Imam of his people and he used to pray in the masjid of the Prophet the Isha prayer with the Messenger of Allah وسلم, and after that prayer he used to go to his people in his place where he lived on the outskirts of Medina and lead his people in prayer he used to lead them in prayer that means he prayed the Isha prayer twice once with the Prophet وسلم, and once with his people and the most strongest opinion although there is different opinion about this perhaps when we discuss al imamah Uh, there are so many issues that are very very detailed, we cannot take them in detail but we may discuss this point in some detail because there is a lot of difference of opinion about it what the scholars said concerning this point that on that occasion some of the scholars said that the prayer he prayed with the Prophet was the obligatory prayer because he had intended to pray anything other than the obligatory prayer and he was praying with the the Messenger of Allah and then he went back to his people and prayed again And those scholars said that the second prayer he prayed with the intention of voluntary prayer. While the people who were praying behind him were praying with intention of obligatory prayer. This is also a proof that the Imam may have a different intention than the people, though they are expected to follow him in the actions. And this is also proven by the hadith in which the Prophet ﷺ said that إِذَا إِنَّمَا جُعِلَ الْإِمَام The Imam has been appointed to be followed. But in that hadith, all of the actions that the Prophet mentioned to be followed in were physical movements and speech. But he didn't mention intention. He said, You I mean? When the Imam makes takbir, then you should make takbir. When the Imam makes ruku, you should make ruku, and so on, like this. This also the scholars use as a proof that the Imam is meant to be followed it means in the physical movements of the prayer and not necessarily in the intention I mean that the Imam could have a different intention and the another proof of this is the fact that the Prophet led the people in prayer while he was a traveler and he told them when he finished the prayer Inna or, وسلم, he said that we are travelers. He and those who are with him, we are travelers, so complete your prayers. And those who are behind them who were not travellers. That means he had one intention and the people behind him had a different intention. And there are so
2: many evidences like this. What's the people following When he started when they the when it is uh,
0: recorded in hadith, some of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ said that when the Prophet ﷺ he used to make sajda, we didn't move until he was in his place of sajda. Then we made sajda. The person who saw him, the Imam shouldn't move until the Imam completes his movement. If the Imam goes to roko, the follower shouldn't move until the Imam is in Ruku. If he goes to sajda, we shouldn't move until he is in sajda. This was the practice of the conveyed of the Prophet <laughs> which is confirmed by the Prophet and this is what is proper They should not raise with the Imam and in fact there is hadith reported by Muslim related to the hadith that we took today that whoever goes ahead of the Imam and the movements in the prayer that Allah may change your faces or your figures into the change you into donkeys or two in the form of donkeys <laughs> Now. That's let's report authentically so that means that uh, this is uh, something to be born from that no one should precede the imam and whoever race with the imam in his movement in many cases they reach Woko or stand before the imam in many cases, it happens every day the, the, the proper thing is that it is forbidden to precede the imam and it is at least to accompany him and the sunnah is that the person who is following the imam shouldn't move until the imam has finished his movement then they should follow him when the
2: imam says, <laughs> they, man,
0: they must have If the imam says Allahu
2: Akbar then should when the
0: imam says Allahu Akbar no. for the takbiru to Ihram when he says Allahu Akbar and he finished
2: saying it,
0: then we say Allahu Akbar. When he finished Al-Fatiha, we say Ameen. When he says Allahu Akbar to move to the next position, we don't move until is in the position. Because some of the people say Allahu Akbar, some of the Imams say Allahu Akbar, then they start moving. Some say Allahu Akbar while they're moving. And some say Allahu Akbar when they get to the position. But in fact, we are not to rush and rape. us wait, be patient. Don't precede the Imam. It is a dangerous action and it has been yeah, an apparent threat from the Prophet
1: concerning such. Uh, we should be aware of such.